You're listening to Actors with Issues with Juaniala, a podcast of actors, by actors, and for actors. In today's episode, we speak with actor Lou Cook and writer, director, and executive producer Heather Morris from the new script to dark comedy podcast, The Bystanders, now available on Apple Podcasts. Heather Morris, Luke Cook, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. So uh, before we dive into uh, the bystanders, you know, with the rise of popularity of scripted podcasts in the last couple of years, especially uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, what are some of your favorite podcasts that you've listened to over the last few years? Uh, well, personally, for me, I was very inspired by Homecoming. I just mm-hmm. like it captivated me beyond Um Carrier was one. I I love. I just love dark things. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm a little crazy, but yeah, I, I definitely loved like how it's developed. I think those are some of my favorite ones. Um, the one with Demi Moore. I forgot the name of it. I started that one mm-hmm. where she's like making sex tapes. Have you listened to that one? The name is escaping me, but I do know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, something like Diana, Dirty Diana. Is that what it's called? Diana? I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> and uh, Luke, what about for you? I I don't listen to uh, that type of podcast. I'm listening to health and wellness podcasts only. Okay. I'm oh, yeah. completely new to this world. Gotcha. And you know, Welcome. with um, <laughs> I Thank mean, you. no better way to dive in than to be on one and then to, to sort be of in one. Them. Yeah. And then yeah. exactly. And um, Heather, correct me if I'm wrong. So for season one, you served as executive producer and you co-starred in that first season, correct? That is correct. So with you taking on the role for this season as one of the writers and directors, um, what challenges would you say that sort of came your way and what have you learned in that process of, of writing this season? Well, what I've loved about this whole process in general is just how much I've learned um, just about like the production side of it and, and things that I kind of took for granted as just an actor. Um, I'm sure Luke knows as well. He's produced a bunch of other videos um, himself and just going from being in front of the camera to behind or as we're doing like the sound is mm. is definitely um, exciting and different and new and and the whole writing thing was it was incredible it was one of my first times actually writing like a long form scripted I've done like mm. shorts and stuff like that but um, yeah there were a lot of challenges uh, just going away from I don't know. The whole bystander effect is, is tricky because you're trying not to shame people. Like you don't want to make people feel bad for not getting involved in an issue. And so we were trying to navigate, like, how do you not make people feel, feel bad if, if they're in these situations and they genuinely couldn't do anything about it. And um, yeah, so that was, that was a lot of uh, a fun challenges, definitely like just coming up with different ways. And um, like I was saying before, we had, zany and wild ideas we had some cults in there like a laughing cult um that we had to then steer away from because we were like this is too far-fetched we can't go that far so uh yeah it was definitely a challenge but really fun and luke with most of your work having been on dramas you know like chilling uh, the chilling adventures of sabrina dynasty katie keen did you find it challenging to not just tackle a comedy but one that had like no physical sort of aspects to rely on you know you couldn't sort of do the pratfalls the reaction things like that so what was that experience like for you yes it's interesting i think doing um voice only you still and and heather will be able to talk to this but you still 
uh, physically moving. <laughs> the people at home don't get to see that, but I'm physically moving and, you know, gesticulating while I'm doing the voices and stuff. So um, that's, that's the truth. It just helps me with the performance to kind of act it out physically a little bit. But the great thing about this was being able to like kind of let loose and be free. That's what the, the great thing about doing a lot of comedy is like being a bit more free and a bit more absurd than you would get to do in any kind of given drama. Well, I think what's cool too is like, if you do a take, cause generally we went for three in a row and then we move on to the next line instead of doing like a whole scene, unless it helps the actors. But when we were recording this, like the actors got to do three in a row and if they didn't like their take, they could be like, hang on, can I do it again? I want to do it this way. I had an idea. And when you're on set or you're on camera, like you can't disrupt the flow of the scene. So you kind of get a little bit more freedom when you're doing these podcasts. It's, it's really fun. And Heather, you know, sort of similar question for you with um, so much of the comedy on Glee was based on reaction shots and, and, you know, lots of facial expressions. I mean, we still see the memes today of, you know, certain, <laughs> certain moments like that. So did you find it a challenge to write a comedy that you knew wouldn't have that physical aspect to it? To rely on oh yeah definitely i know that um so the the writers in season one and creators and directors and producers an incredible team um were ash lindsay and jacqueline hales and so they were on top of this with season one with writing and just overcoming that hurdle and trying to figure out how you sort of like you have to show and tell in a way whereas mm -hmm. like in in um on TV and in film, you can't really show, or you can't really like tell, um, you kind of have to show it. And, and a lot of the acting is about the performance and, and not um, giving away too much. And so, yeah, that was definitely like interesting. And, and they, they guided myself and Nick Blair Wilfong as well, who was the writer in the second season along with me on those obstacles. Like, how do we do that? Um, we do have a narrator who is Jane Lynch. Mm -hmm. Who helps us with that? So if there's things that we felt like we needed to get out and it was really hard and the conversations just got so long, the existential conversation, the narrator fixed it in a second. She would say it really quickly and then it'd be over. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that was really helpful was having like a narrator who could kind of help the audience. Yeah, for sure. Sort of acting as sort of that, um, I would say middleman, but you know, sort of just like bridging that gap between showing or too much or, or in this case we can't show but at least telling too yeah. much but you have that sort of um person in the middle to to do that for sure yeah and uh you know given the name of our show diving into the issues i'm curious if there have been any um career obstacles that you've overcome or hurdles that you've dealt with um that you could shed some light on for our audience of, of young artists who maybe are looking for advice or dealing with something similar what, what comes to mind for each of you yeah yeah uh, look, the, the, the obvious obstacle is um, is that you want to act and that you don't get to. You know, you want to be in a show and you audition for it or you want to you want a job and you want to go and act and you don't get the job 99.9% .9 of the time. And uh, so my encouragement is to out, out there to, to act as any actor is to love what you do and also find a space that you can go and do it without having to get the fucking part. So go to an acting school that does scene study and go and get to do all the scenes that you want to do and make sure you have a, like a gym, an acting gym, like a, an acting school where you can go and do this stuff. And don't be waiting for, uh, don't sit around waiting for the call, hoping that you go, get to go and act. 
like love acting and do it a whole bunch. That's my advice because it's just so hard out there with, you know, getting roles and, and things like that. Uh, so, and that'll keep you hopeful. It'll keep you talented and you'll also be involved in a community of people who are like-minded and want what you want. And those friendships can last forever. And, and, and really that's actually why we, we do it. We'd all love to be making millions and millions, but you're really why we, you want to do this job of telling stories is because of the incredible friendships and communities that are made. And, you, you know, you don't get to, uh, th th they last forever. I love that answer. Um, I feel similarly. I think for me, it's, it's like a friend's scene where I'm constantly trying to pivot, you know, like I'm pivoting in one direction and I'm pivoting in another because that didn't quite work that angle. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to keep creative and not get that burnout um, that, you know, we tend to get, especially at times like COVID and even right now with the strike, like we definitely feel like we're trying so hard and there's nowhere we can go with it. Um, and so I'm grateful for avenues like this, where we get the opportunity to work with incredible actors in just a totally different way. And um, yeah, I mean, this season, and we got to we got the opportunity to to um, use Dolby Atmos sound, and for us that was just a whole new learning experience. And so I've just I've just grown my whole knowledge of even more film, and I feel I feel grateful that we we get these opportunities. You know, uh, I over the pandemic when no one could really work for a time, I had a, my first son, and then was like, I well I can't act. And so I can't necessarily make money. And so I've kind of come with maybe kind of what Heather, what Heather's talking about, the constant pivoting, constant like looking for new things and creative things to get to get to do so that you can live, you know, that you can survive and put food on the table. And I just want to say to all the actors out there, you know, you have life skills. In, if you, when you learn to act and you're a good actor, you have life skills and that you're able to speak probably in front of the crowd. You're able to listen to somebody intently in, and intensely. and that skill is actually not just for acting and you can take that to other parts of your life. And so like, if it's necessary and it lights you on fire, then, you know, like I'm doing right now, I'm starting a business. And I've found that my, all the years that I've done of acting and, and the talent that I've built thanks to acting helps me in those realms. So don't just think that all this talent that you have can only be used in this single narrow lane. There's so much for you to do. And there's so much good that you can do in the world that isn't just, getting uh and booking an acting job you're you're a, you're a rounded human being you're not you're a human being not a, a human actor that has been talked about quite a bit about having um additional interests that are not just for the purpose of listing as a special skill on your resume but that brings you joy that can sort of give you residual income in the meantime uh to sort of keep you yeah. creative and keep all that flowing and i mean actors pitch themselves every time they walk into an audition room. So you would be great at a business pitch or public speaking, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And it won't get you down the way that acting will. Like, right. you know, if, if you can somehow keep buoyant with other things, when the call comes through that you've been waiting for, that you're always hearing no on, or you're never hearing anything on. So someday Hollywood's going to come knocking on your door right. when you don't need it. And it'll be good to say yes or no to them. And that's a cool thing to feel like to say, to be able to say to a job, actually, no, I don't actually feel like doing that. And that's the actor's dream is in order to be able to turn Hollywood down a little bit.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, with so much um, information out there for, you know, how to start an acting career and lots of misinformation, unfortunately, uh, what comes to mind as something that you've uncovered was a total misconception about the entertainment industry or about what it takes to become an actor? Networking is um, not the most important thing. Mm. I remember just like hearing when I first got to LA, like, get out there and meet people uh, and uh, I think that that's detrimental in a way because you go out and you meet people and um, they don't know that you're talented. They don't know anything really about you other than they're meeting you. And it's networking is great, but I just say it's not as big a portion as everyone makes it out to be. Be talented first and love what you do first. If you really love acting, uh, then, you know, keep working at it and you'll, you'll eventually get talented at it. Focus on that more than you focus on networking and who, do you, and who you know. Just be good at acting, um, yeah. less so on the networking side. What do you think, Heather? Well, I think like the whole LA of it in general, it was like this stigma. You have to be in LA to work mm. and LA is the only place or New York, New York, New York, not as much for like film and stuff like that. And now mm. people have since relocated to different places and you can work wherever you want. Like Atlanta is a huge deal. Um, and just, I don't know, the whole like, the whole LA of it, the whole idea of it, and like the fads and and the and the the facade of what LA is, and you hear mm. a lot of this from people who like are from here and look around and see these people who kind of join in and think that it's like this, I don't know, this like cool place to be. And like mm-hmm. Luke was saying, like we now have kids, and so we've started our own lives in our own cool way and found our own communities, and like we're still doing what we're doing and we're not going to like all these parties to network. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just a whole like different side of the industry that I just think like, it's not as important as it may seem to some people like the whole networking idea. Um, I believe in genuinely being a really good person. Like you can tell that about Luke. He's a really fucking cool guy. Like you want to hang out with him and you want to have people like him on your set. Um, same with most of the cast that we've hired it's like you just want cool people around and not people who are there to like 
look cool and then you really meet them and they're not cool you know like <laughs> I could, I'm sure I could find a better adjective than that but it it's true you just want rad people I've, I've, I've always thought thanks so much for saying that Heather firstly but also I've always heard that um, and I've always thought this you know I've had a million side gigs across over the years and when you work with people who hate their side job and have that attitude you know perspire out of them as in they hate their job and they, 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 they act hatefully at their job they hate it it's interesting that when those people get there where they want for instance getting onto a set they're just those same people when they're on a set yeah. well they hate the side they say hate the side gig and then, then they end up hating it on set you know they end up being yeah. shitty people on set so how you do every how you do anything is how you do everything even if you don't love your side job be great at it and you know be grateful for money coming in and then when you get on a set, it'll be so much more sweet and you'll treat people better and you'll be a joy to be around. Some people get hired and this is why you see actors on TV and you're like, he's not very good. She's not very good. It's because they're a joy to be around, you know, and that's a huge portion of it too. Lots of the young actors who sort of listen to our show, they'll write in uh, questions asking about sort of how can they stand out in order to get that first agent or manager to get the ball rolling because you know, that's, it's very difficult to get auditions for like for network television, for larger films, things like that. So what advice do you have for any young actor who maybe feels stuck where they are right now? When you're feeling stuck, I think do as much as you can be creative. Um, I have felt stuck plenty of times in my life. And I think when I start creating on my own and I mean, even TikTok, like I, I think we can start there. If you're creative and you want to be seen, like even right now, I, I'm feeling stuck. So I'm going on my computer every night and I'm trying to write like little cute, like random, I don't know, skits or funny moments that I can even just to write it, even just to yep. take five minutes and write a one page script that maybe I will do or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll only do one of them and I wrote five. Like to constantly be creative and find your funny and like find what makes you laugh. Cause that's what the world needs is they, we, they need that perspective. They don't need like the perspective that everybody has. They need your perspective. So if you can just yeah. throw that out there and vomit it for a second, um, uh, turn off your comments. Don't look at it again. If you feel self-conscious about it for some reason, if you, mm -hmm. if you do, or if you don't, I don't know. I think, I think TikTok or Instagram can be helpful in that way sometimes. Agreed. Yeah. There's a million different mediums now that you can go and show what you do. And so there's no, you know, it's understandable to, to feel stuck. That's normal. Know that it's okay to feel stuck. And uh, yeah, go and create some things. If you're feeling, you, you shouldn't feel stuck creatively. You should like, you're like, I'm, I'm getting no's and I'm getting not, no, no one's calling me back. It's like, but there's plenty of things you can do on your own. And there's more things that you can do in a, in a partnership. You know, find somebody who you gel with creatively, write things together, make things together create a little community of people who are going to help each other make things. I mean, but my entire Instagram and TikTok is basically myself doing stupid things. And so go out there and do it. I've just found it so helpful creatively when nothing is happening. And that's why I started in the first place was it was nothing was happening in my life. I was getting no calls and I needed to do something with all of my creative energy. And it's been endlessly helpful. Um, so I, yeah, as Heather said, there's plenty of mediums. Go and make some stuff. Or even pick up a new hobby. Like I'm, I've been feeling stuck. I'm like, all right, I need to start taking some drum lessons. It's only going to help me. It's going to make me look cool when I go on audition. And I'm like, look at me. I can start my drumming. <laughs> yeah. 
I hope so, at least. Awesome. Well, that is our time, but thank you both so, so much for taking the time to chat with us and talking about the issues. And for everyone listening, season two of The Bystanders is uh, now available on Apple Podcasts and at thebystanderspodcast.com. Thank you so much. Juan, thank you. And also, good job for having this podcast. This is a great idea for a podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Actors with Issues on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit our YouTube channel for full video interviews. Actors with Issues is executive produced and hosted by Juaniala. See you next time.